Welcome to the podcast about the music less traveled by me, Amy, the pop-obsessed host who always forgets how to spell psychedelic. And Jason, resident psychedelic rock and disco aficionado. <laughs> so welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. Um, this will be episode three. Big episode three. Yeah. It's the hat trick, y'all. <laughs> it's, I don't get that. <laughs> Hockey. Oh, okay. It's the hot. Okay. Well, um, so we do have a few things to discuss this week. We want a bunch of big old fat thank yous for um, Jeremy and the Little Red Bandwagon from 10710. Thank you. Thank Mel- you so <laughs> Because uh, LRB on their last episode, they shouted us out. So, yay. They shouted us out from the mountaintop. It was awesome. And then, of course, Jeremy has really made everything happen here. Like, he, I, I think, I don't, he does pretty much everything for 10710.com, which is where we are, which is where we're found. If you want to stream us online, it's 10710.com slash E and E pod. Or enepod.com, which redirects to 10710. But either way, huge mountains of thanks for them. And also for um, Jeremy, he also found us a designer for our logo. So you won't be seeing the same earbuds. That I'm wearing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then um, we also got our very first feedback on Twitter. It was super exciting from at Kissy Eyes and she wants us to play more ska music. She wants actually a whole episode on ska so that's something we definitely have to do. We're going to make that happen. Yes, because I'm thinking if I hadn't planned, I don't know, eight or nine episodes out already (laughs) we would have it next week. Well, no, that's okay. and We're going to have to move some stuff around to where it is there might be this really cool halloween episode coming up uh yeah it's next week is the spooktacular it's also going to be monster mash free no monster mash is going to be involved i was i was speaking with a co-worker today about there being a halloween episode of our podcast and he said oh dude you gotta use the monster mash and i was like dude you don't understand <laughs> like amy already has the show sheet and it said at the top no monster mash right and actually i told my one of my co-workers today and she's like oh 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 guess what you have to do you have to do the monster mash i was like no we can't do that my co-worker suggested werewolves in london okay well you know there's quite a bit of music that i actually kind of cram in a little you know, bit. So. You know who was uh, famous Memphian who was really good friends with Warren Zevon? No. Steve Cohen. <gasps> oh, really? Steve Cohen? Yeah. Okay. They, well, they were friends. <laughs> okay, so Steve Cohen, um, uh, yesterday was the beginning of early voting in Tennessee, so I went to vote, and Steve Cohen, who is our senator? No, he's, uh, he's congressman from Tennessee. Right. He's in the U.S. House of Representatives representing District 9, which is... Ours. Yeah, a good good bit of less of East Memphis now, but a lot of North Memphis, Midtown. Yeah. Places that you listeners know nothing about. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, well, some of us are from Memphis. Right. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I don't want to insult the people that aren't from Memphis like they're going to look up... Steve Cohen. Yeah. But either way, we got to, we, I, I was in there and then he just walked in to vote too. And he's like, yeah, he was talking to somebody. He's like, well, I'm already prepared that somebody's going to ask me who I'm going to vote for. And well, obviously I'm going to vote for myself. <laughs> so, 
So that was super awesome, though, to meet Steve Cohen at the polling place. Well, I mean, I see him all the time at this point. He actually wished me a happy birthday. He said, <laughs> happy birthday, advocate. Aw. Well, I... Uh... I don't think you can throw a rock in this town without accidentally hit, hitting Steve Cohen. <laughs> don't throw rocks at Steve Cohen. Well, if you had stopped jumping in front of them, then I wouldn't be hitting him. <laughs> but also, it's really convenient. Um, like, it's so odd that we planned this episode about two weeks ago, and today there was a proposal in the UK, which is it's going to be a posthumous pardoning of all of the men, the uh, gay and bisexual men who were, um, they were charged with uh, crimes because they were gay and bisexual. And it's the Turing Law. Uh, yeah, the, it, was, it was considered indecent right. to be gay. Well, so. I mean, there was a lot of um, moral laws that they made that really were just to, you know, punish people for their sexuality. But the reason why that's important is because our episode is um, it's a podcast, Dreams of Turing Machines, which is kind of me stealing the title from a Jana Levin novel, which is a fictionalization of... Um, That's okay. Yeah, of Alan Turing's life sort of interweaved with a couple of other things, but it's A Madman Dreams of Turing Machines, and I, I love that book, and that's kind of how we ended up here uh, with this theme of the week. I haven't read the book, but I'm glad I asked you about the imitation game. Yeah, because you're like, hey, is there a movie about this? And I was like, well, actually, in my mansplainy way, <laughs> I was like, yes, the imitation game. Go see it. It's it's pretty good. It's got some, you know, fictionalized you stuff. You weren't mansplaining. <laughs> I just said, well, actually. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yes. Uh, sorry, I'm a I'm a ditzy woman. I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> just, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but either way, um, that that is a big deal that's happening in England and the UK. So that uh, that's a step forward. Yeah, according according to the end of the imitation game, they threw out some numbers. Hundreds of thousands of people were charged with that crime mm-hmm. uh, between. 1885 and 1967. That's a long time. Yeah, that is a crazy amount of time, and it was it was really tragic. And Alan Turing he committed suicide in 1954 because he was charged with the um, with a crime because he he had been robbed by a lover, and essentially he. He got charged, and he eventually killed himself because of the treatment, because they chemically castrated him. So that is all kind of where we came into this episode was because of that. And I was thinking of Turing machines, which are really... um, The Wikipedia says that they're a mathematical model of a hypothetical computing machine that can use a predefined set of rules to determine a result from a set of input variables, which is just a really fancy way of saying it's a computer that is solving stuff. Yes, it's a computer. Computer. So, I mean, that's kind of where, uh, where we're going with that. So, Jason, tell me about how... You know, you came into computers because we really are both millennials. We are. Um, We're the old millennials, right? We we them old millennials, yeah. you young whippersnappers with your skinny jeans and oh god, I'm wearing skinny jeans. Uh, That's funny. Um, 
Thank God they can't see them. Uh, so I would say some of my first memories about computers were around age three or four. Um, my parents had an Atari uh, 2600. I played all kinds of games on that with my sister, uh, Skydiver, Berserker. There were so many. Pong, of course. But um, And then in kindergarten, I was accepted into a gifted program. And one child from each kindergarten class was allowed to go to a separate class um, during nap time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I got exposed to computers that way, too, on some early apples. And my dad, he likes tech and always is like, you know, computers and cameras. Uh, In third grade, as a part of the Apex program, which was the gifted kids program, we were programming on apples. um, It's called BASIC. The language is called basic and we could make pictures and basically color with it it's hard to describe if you don't know what i'm talking about but uh, so and then of course i've played every version of oregon trail there ever was and number munchers and how often did you die of dysentery pretty often but that's because i always chose the banker <laughs> the banker has the most money at the beginning of the game that's why i always chose the banker and what did you learn about greed <laughs> It, it it didn't sink not, in. It's not good. Oh. It kills. <laughs> so, well, um, my father was actually, he was a professor of industrial electronics technology. So we were always doing so many things with computers at my house. And my father would have these large computers. We always had PCs. So I don't remember a time without PCs. On our refrigerator, we actually had the old hard drives. Uh, There's these giant circular magnets that they used to be in, and they're crazy powerful. And if you you could play hockey on the kitchen floor with those, because but they would shatter if you hit stuff too hard. But that was kind of how I mean. I always thought of hard drives because I couldn't believe other people didn't have these great refrigerator magnets that were these big circles, and. We also had the internet in my house before the school did, and my parents had me programming GeoCities uh, websites, which were all about horses because I was a kid, and and that's what happens is when you give a little girl a website, she's going to blog and draw pictures of horses on it. How how old were you doing GeoCities? Um, well, I was I was thirteen. I was about seven or eighteen when I was on there, and I did band websites. My yeah. rap group and my alternative rock band each had a GeoCity site. Yeah, mine so was. We have that in common. Yeah, mine was just terrible pictures of horses. And of course, I also had ABC Mouse when it used to be a floppy disk, and you got a special little mouse screeny cleany with it so and um we played tons of wheel of fortune on my old computer hey will you indulge me for a second will you say screeny cleany again what is that weird <laughs> no just say it the way you said it screeny cleany <laughs> <laughs> wait that's, is that terribly cheesy no so but yeah i mean lots of us because of our our age we really were the beginnings of computers and schools and stuff and i got to see um yeah we i got to i remember the day that uh internet went live at my elementary school and they were just like so excited and stuff and i was like well don't get too excited you're gonna have to wait for a while because it just took forever to slowly download dial up is awful the noise is awful too 
Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, when you have dial-up and your computer screams while it's <laughs> logging onto the internet, you can't sneak onto the internet while your parents are asleep. No, but wait, how many times did you spend 16 hours downloading Napster songs? I actually never used Napster, but I was on Kazaa. Oh, well, my my brother was always using Napster, and we had our own line, just the two of us, but it made it really difficult to talk on the phone when you picked it up and all I heard was that like terrible modem sound. Oh, that's not even close. <laughs> but, yeah, it was awful. No, that was a dubstep impression. <laughs> so, um, well, okay, so we presented this uh, concept to each other, and we actually, um, well, let's go ahead and just swerve right on into some computer age music. you're enjoying this because I'm in love with this album. I, I talked to um, a mentor of mine today, Alan Bogle. He does the show Into the Deep on WEVL 89.9 FM. He's in love with this album too and he was surprised that I was. I, I was thinking like it's definitely not what I think of as Neil Young. No you don't but I mean there's still the rock and guitar is there. It's just that uh, he and Niels, Lo- Niels Lofgren are using these synclaviers. Uh, I think Zappa used these at some point also. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Neil, jo- Neil Young, uh, he reimagined a couple of older songs on this album too. Um, and I think he helped pave the way for what we call electronica and shoegaze. And then later, you know, kind of brought garage rock back into what became grunge. With this album? With this album and later music okay. and previous music. Anyway, you you know me. I'm in love with Neil Young's music. I've seen him twice live. Okay. Um, I really liked that Computer Age, uh, from what I can tell, has live drums in it. I also uh, listened and watched the Live in Berlin concert of his, and it, it looks like Crazy Horse is backing him up like they are on the album, and the guy has live drums. They're playing live drums, and it sounds just like the tone on the album, but it also the drums could also be triggered because I see that they're taped, but whatever. <laughs> it's... It's beautiful. The only other great thing I can say about it is that I was finally able to get a vinyl copy of it. I had a CD copy of it for a while, but 
Amy and I went to the record store <laughs> one day. We went down Madison Avenue to Shangri-La Records, and she she turned in a bunch of albums, and they gave her a bunch of store credit. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, I got, like, a ludicrous amount of store credit. It was, like, 50 bucks. I think it was 60-something. It was a crazy amount of store credit. It was fabulous because here I am gushing that I find this classic great album that didn't go over well with anybody. There's, it's actually part of a lawsuit, and that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, uh, Amy was like, oh, just put that on my credit. It's <laughs> like, all right, big spender. Well, I was just thinking, I was like, the reason I'm taking these in is because I need less stuff. So I was like, I, I, these are things I know I'm not going to listen to again. And it was like my entire, I love Lou Reed, but there's a lot of Lou Reed I'm not going to listen to again. So I turned in a lot of Lou Reed and I, I gave you quite a few too. So. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, this day I scored huge. Okay. She gives me uh <laughs> It's a it's a seven inch picture disc um, from the Flaming Lips uh, in with the Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots album. Yeah, there's an extra song that doesn't appear on the album. It's called Up Above the Daily Hum, and it it touches me <laughs> in, in 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 a very beautiful way. Not in the way that you're thinking, <laughs> but um anyway. Uh, so tell tell me about your take on computer age. Well, first of all, I can't believe I've dismissed Neil Young for so long because <laughs> I I saw those mutton chops and the long hair and him always rocking on guitar and I'm like, mm, this looks like some hippie stuff and I don't know if I want to be involved in it. So um, you you sent me this song and I was just like, okay, okay, I can do this. It can't be Mr. Skin. So <laughs> so I was like i i would listen to it and i was like oh wow i can actually get my jam onto this this is my type of yeah like of course it's also something that a lot of people didn't like when neil young fans didn't like it whenever it came out and i can see why because it's not uh it's not there is still a guitar in there it solidly hits rocking guitar but you add in the synth sounds and the sort of the voco vocoder is what it is. Yeah, it's a Sennheiser vocoder. Right. And so it's a, they have vocoders, um, and he's messing with the sound of his voice, and he's doing lots of very interesting layers to everything. So um, it is solidly in. I like this category. I was like, wow, I had no idea that I would like Neil Young. So this is awesome. I, I think we both. <laughs> brought our A game to bringing these songs to this episode. I think we both... I think we... Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, do you want me to add in applause sound again? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Oh, but... So, yeah, I was super excited. I couldn't believe we both got something that was so produced, and um, I'm sorry that I always confused uh, Neil Young with Ted Nugent. (laughs) The reason that that hurts me so much, um, uh, because I love Uncle Neil and Ted Nugent is a great guitar player. He's a decent songwriter. He was always a great showman, but not to get too much back into politics. He seems like a terrible person. Exactly. The only good thing about Ted Nugent would be if they brought back that reality show that, um, what was it, Surviving Nugent? Did you ever watch that? No. Don't watch it. No. But it's funny, so you should watch it. I think we should also hit some of the themes in the song, because I did look up the lyrics. 
because I couldn't understand what the actual lyrics were. But uh, either. <laughs> <laughs> so it does seem to be like a conflict of moving into the modern age. And this was a time when technology did seem to be rapidly advancing because, you know, 60s, you started having computers are more common. Like I have a picture of my father with this ginormous computer in the 60s. So I'm like, okay. And of course it moved into music. So I I mean, it's not surprising that we actually pick songs from two years apart from each other. Yeah, seriously. I couldn't believe it because I didn't know what mine was I I think it might even be one year apart. Um, I think think that Neil Young Trans came out in 82. It came out in 83. Okay. I did double check that. And um, then I I checked mine and mine was 81. But we haven't gotten to mine yet. So either way, it's the lyrics are mostly about the conflict of moving from the natural world and then slowly becoming okay with the technology well and take a look at the album art the delorean so there's <laughs> there's um what basically looks like a tron outline person getting into a door delorean that has a door up mm-hmm. on the passenger side but then on the other side of the street um it looks across back to this cityscape but there's woods and trees and there's kind of a guy in a leather jacket with his thumb out, you know, look, yeah. looking at, I guess it's an old Chevy. Yeah, it looks like an old, like, 50s Chevy is yeah. what that is. So it, it's like, this is going in the past and the DeLorean's the future. And still, we're still waiting for our DeLoreans, which yeah. will be coming out soon The 2017s? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to go ahead and get one of those. You just put that. That'll, that'll be your um, your fancy car, right? Put it on my credit card. <laughs> So, um, how about this? We've already hinted along uh, to what mine is. So, let's just go ahead and listen. Kraftwerk or Kraftwerk, um, and it's Computer World, 
which there was a time when I essentially would go into a record store and collect anything that was remotely German. And that's actually how I ran across this band. I had no idea. Like, I thought it was nine, like 1989 when it came out. And I was sorely mistaken because the band started in 1974. And they've always been electronic, experimental sounds. And there have been a couple of shakeups in the lineup. But, yes, um, I heard this album. And it's one of the ones that obviously survived the culling of my record stores, like, trading. And, um... I just absolutely love it. I used to play it in my my dorm room all the time. I had a little tiny record player that you had to hook up to some speakers and everything. So I loved it. And I actually ended up having one of my best friends. Like I met my best friend because of this album. Aww. I know. I never told you this story. So I was in upstairs in the printmaking section of Treyhern, which no longer exists. They tore the building down at Austin P. And I was making a print of some sort, and I ran into this girl. And we just started randomly talking about Kraftwerk and Pocket Computer or Pocket Calculator, which is another album, another song from this album. So we were totally dweebing out, and she actually is my like she's an amazing solid friend. Computer love. <laughs> so, but yes, we we just had um, we just I just love this. It's something that's so danceable. It's so techy sounding unlike a lot of like the 80s sound and this goes for neil young it's very synthy but it has a lot of layers and depth to it so it's what makes me really enjoy it and i think that's a lot of why i really like that neil young song is there's so many layers to it and it doesn't have that hollow tech feel to me probably because of the bass but you know Kraftwerk it's it's the synthy poppy thing that I love and even though it's an older song I just it it just makes me so happy so what do you think Jason uh Kraftwerk is timeless um I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to this song in the last two or three days (laughs) just preparing for this and in fact, after I watched finished the imitation game tonight before I came over, I listened to the 2009 remastered version of uh, Computer World, which is the English version. Right. And then I listened to the first time to the German version mm-hmm. of the original mix, Computer Welt. Yep. And then re-listened to <laughs> the original English version, Computer World. Probably three or four more times yeah. before I listen to Computer Age by Neil Young again. Uh, Computer World, I just can't get over how dope this song is. <laughs> um, and unlike Computer Age, Computer Age was very beat heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a live drum set. You really, there's a beat in Computer World, but it's not prominent. It doesn't need to be high in the mix. Right. And I actually noticed in the 2009 remastered version of Computer World, uh, I hear more of that hi-hat sound in Mm -hmm. the beginning that's not in the original. So that's something to look at if you're a super big nerd and you like to listen to... I mean, I worked in a record store for years, so I know people who would buy a remastered version every time it came out of something like... uh, when Led Zeppelin remastered theirs, it was a really big deal. There was a guy who would just buy the remastered versions just to compare them to the old ones. Yeah. And then talk about what's different. And anyway, I'm getting away from Crawford. <laughs> um, but 
Had you ever heard it before? I'm sure I'd heard it before, but I just don't remember when, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was good to go back and I was able to listen to some other songs on this album. The album's tight. Go go download and buy everything they ever did. Just do it. <laughs> um, um they do some they do I think they they had a tour last year and it was like four dates. I'm so excited that you really liked it cuz I never would have imagined that episode three, we would have both loved each other's songs pretty much initially. I mean, it's classic. <laughs> it's classic. I, I, I'm, I'm in love with computer world as much as I am with computer age. Really? And I, I know I say this on the show a lot, Amy, but I really hope that our listeners... <laughs> They'll take the time to go and listen to these songs in their entirety and listen to the albums in entirety because that's what I do. I don't just listen to a couple of cool songs that are on an album. I listen to the whole thing. I'm FM radio. I'm all of day. I'm all about just listening to a couple of cool songs on the album. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, look at where we've gone from a time in like the 1950s where you buy a single, it has an A side and a B side. You go to the record store and give them a couple of quarters and you get a single. <laughs> well, that's that's what happened when we started downloading music. Yeah. Is that we were paying, you know, a few cents or whatever, or several cents for a song or a few dollars for an album. And it's kind of the same thing. We're back to where we were. Yeah. But... Um, so, but I'm so glad that you like the song. It makes me so happy. I'm glad you liked my song too, because <laughs> it's a really great song. You, you knocked it out of the park. Um, apparently, uh, Coldplay, uh, does any, do you, do you like Coldplay? I've been known to listen to some Coldplay. <laughs> I bought, I bought the Parachutes album, I think as soon as it came out. I was working in a record store, so I couldn't avoid it and I fell in love with it. Yeah. But, um, apparently, uh, they use the melody and chords of Computer World uh, on a song called Talk uh, on the X and Y album. Mm-hmm. And Chris Martin actually asked Kraftwerk, said, hey, is it okay if I do this? And they they greenlit it. I'm pretty sure like they are probably pretty chill about the usage of their, um, or sampling of, because I can't imagine like such an experimental band really being real upset if someone goes and remakes something as long as they get some credit but i mean they don't seem to be in it to really be they are such a musicians band really from what i can tell there's so many people who are just in into the synth scene and really love craftwork for what it does so that also brings us into what we both like the Synthax. Yes, the Synthax, which I am probably going to include a bit of that ridiculous uh, YouTube show, or like that YouTube video. I, I love that video. <laughs> because it's probably one of the most awkward things I've ever seen. But yeah, so the Synthax came out, and it is a very complicated synthesizer guitar, not to be confused with a keytar. It does not look like a keytar. They are not any bit the same thing. Right, because the Synthax has strummable keys or strummable strings, frettable strings, then keys that you can add different 
effects to that also you can be strumming specific fret. Okay, this just gets complicated. Okay, the syntax has two different sets of strings, a set for plucking, which are velocity sensitive. And another set on the neck, which contact the frets electrically and determine the actual note that you're playing. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, there's also like a chord button that, you know, there were a few keys that you could make different notes and stuff with, mm -hmm. but then there was a button you could push that essentially makes, it activates all four keys at once. Right, and then there's also some muting. There's a, like a pedal situation that's involved. and There's also um, an expression bar or whammy bar on the Synthax. Yeah, so somehow I fell into the rabbit hole of finding the Synthax and so got excited about I'm it. I'm glad you did. Because <laughs> um, it was, I was like, what is this? And I watched like the whole 15 minute video and like tried to learn how to play a syntax and it was produced by the makers of the syntax and it was probably one of the most magically 80s things I have ever seen. So, and also the reason you like the syntax is... Speaking of magically 80s, um, <laughs> so... Future Man, who is one of the Wooten brothers, brother of Victor Wooten, famous bass player. They are the rhythm section to Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. He modified a syntax and called it the drumatar, and it's also called the Zen drum. Um, but he can make it do amazing things. Uh, Future Man is a wizard. Uh, if you see him anywhere, you should probably bow before him. <laughs> Is that because he's a drummer and he's like, or is it a drummer? It's, he's yes. a drummer. Yes, he's a, he, he, he plays drum set as a drummer or percussionist for Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, but he also created or, you know, made up the drumatar. Which the drumatar is like an amazingly modified, very colorful syntax. So, because these, for some reason, when you told me a drumatar, I was like, well, I don't know what the drumatar is. I'll have to look up the drumatar. And then I looked at the thing and I was like, that's a syntax. And then I read about it and I was like, oh my God, there's somebody who made the syntax even more complicated. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, that is one darn cool looking instrument. I think that's, I'm, yeah, it's. I was amazed. I haven't listened to the music yet because I kind of geeked out on all the other music this week and all of the just the learning about all of this stuff. And I geeked out too. I, I don't know if I've ever done so much research for anything in my life before um, because I, you know, I watched a two-hour movie. <laughs> uh, I listened to our songs each dozens of times. Right. Even though I'd already heard mine up my own song many, many, many times before. You killed it, Amy. You did a good job. <laughs> Thanks. All I did was come up with the theme. Remember, you had your song first. That's well that's true, <laughs> but um wow. Yeah. This please, was this is listen to that music. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> it was such a fun, fun, cool thing. And also for us to essentially like come up with such music that even though it's very dissimilar is similar and it's like oh you can see how everything kind of was music was like wow look at this new tech we've got to try this and really the innovators of the industry such as Neil Young who was an innovator or sorry he is an innovator he's still alive right oh yeah he's still alive. <laughs> 
he survived he survived brain cancer about so, 10 years ago wow so yeah neil young's still alive craft orc is still touring and touring sorry not touring touring and it's just I, I was so excited like this is probably the most excited i mean we're only three episodes in so but this is great <laughs> you can contact us. Um, please do. Uh, you can tell us, just send us your songs with all the synthy riffs and everything. Um, I'm at Madam Woolite on the Twitter. That is M A D A M E W O O L I T E. And you are? At the JV Guarantee. Which the JV, G U A R A N T E E. And we are also at. E and E pod with the and spelled out on Twitter. We have a Facebook group, which is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast. We are on E and E pod.com, which is on the 10710 website. Check it. Please go check out our family members. Yeah, like Nerd Out Loud. I love them. I've binged on all of them. So I've even heard if you start from number one. But uh, Jeremy and Christy will say start at like 30 so but you can also reach us at e and e pod at gmail.com the and is also spelled out uh we also have a treat for at kissy eyes slash christy who requested we do some more ska music thank you for listening
new version of you. It's a new, it's a new, new version of you. It's a new, it's a new, new version of you. Whoa.